We have been on a journey together over the summer. Uh, we've spent the last six weeks talking uh, and reading through the Psalms together and just talking through some of these Psalms. Psalms is an interesting book. It's one of those books where, where kind of sometimes we just read it and we kind of just go through it and that's good poetry that sounds nice, but we don't really stop and, and let it soak in and let us feel what this is and let God teach us through the Psalms. And so we've been doing that all summer. We've been in Psalm 56 51, 84, 95, 73, 68. Uh, I'm not going to sit here this morning and rehash all of those. or That could be a sermon in itself, just trying to rehash everywhere we've been in the last six weeks. Uh, but today, last week we were in Psalm 68. Today we're going to just move back one psalm. We're going to do Psalm 67. And we're going we're gonna to hang out in Psalm 67 this morning. And I know we've had a lot go on this morning, so I'm just going to jump right in. Psalm 67 uh, if you're in one of our pew Bibles, it's on page 411, Psalm 67. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in and read this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the nations May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. May God, God our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that the, all the ends of the earth will fear him. I love this song. And I want to unpack this psalm together. This psalm is, is really pretty simple, right? It talks about the blessing of God. And there's, I think there's a one primary kind of overarching key to understanding this psalm and understanding really our purpose, God's purpose for our lives. And here is this, this overarching truth. God blesses his people for the sake of his praise among all people. God blesses his people for the sake of his praise among all people. And I want to just out front here, you will not hear any prosperity gospel this morning as I'm talking about blessing. I want you to know that. God blesses his people, but, but it's, a, it's a blessing that's for a purpose. I want to look at verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Now in the original manuscripts, there's a word here that is kind of undefinable, but we kind of know what it means. The word is selah. And really it just means, hold on a second and let that soak in. Just push pause for a second. So that's written into into the original manuscript. May God be gracious to us and make his face shine on us. Pause. Be still. Let that soak in. It almost gives me goosebumps as I do that. This is, this is kind of don't, don't move too quickly through this psalm. Let that part soak in. It's based off of a, off of a blessing in Numbers chapter 6. Uh, and the priest would bless his people. And here's, here's what he would say in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face towards you 
and give you peace. And so here's the psalmist here, and he's saying, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Let that soak in. Let's just even unpack that first part. May God be gracious to us. May God give us what we don't deserve. May this God look at you, a sinner, and say, I I give you grace. I love you. I forgive you. It is something that we do not deserve. May God be gracious to us, and may he bless us. May he make his face shine on us. Now, this is something that, that, may God make his face shine on us. Can you imagine just the face of God shining on you? To be able to feel the smile of God as he looks on you in pride as his child. May the Lord be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine on us. Man, here, here is the, the picture for us this morning. There's a, there's a pause there, but it's not a period. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. I want you to see that there is a pause here, but there is not a period. This thought is incomplete. The most important words in this whole psalm are the next two words, so that. Apparently, there is a purpose to asking God to bless us and to shine his face on us. God blesses his people so that something else might happen. What is that something else? Well, let's go to verse 2. So that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. Yeah, may the Lord bless us and make his face shine on us. And not just so we can sit there and be happy and, be, and just be thankful that God is blessing us, is making his face shine on us. No, it's so that the world, may, that the, the ways of God may be known all throughout the earth. And that the saving love, the salvation of God would be known among the nations. God blesses his people for the sake of the praise of his people among all peoples. Among all peoples, that the earth would know the way of God. I mean, the psalmist goes on, verse 3 and verse 5 are are literally the same. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Verse 5, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Verse 4, may the nations be glad and sing. this This is the purpose of all of this. Now, peoples is not really a word that we use much anymore. We don't, we don't pluralize people very often. But peoples is literally just talking about different people groups. Scholars have told us that there's between 11,000 and 16,000 people groups in the world. People groups, meaning they speak, their, they speak the same language and their, their culture is very similar. 11,000 to 16,000 peoples in the world. And God's desire is that every single one of them would know the name and would know the glory of God. God blesses his people so that all people would praise him. This is not just a theme in this psalm, by the way. This is a theme of this whole book. I mean, you look in Genesis chapter 12. 
I'm going to go through a lot of scripture this morning. You don't have to necessarily follow me through all of them. If you, if you want to try and keep up, you're more than welcome. You can just write it down too. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This is Abram. The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless you. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. His son Isaac, this is reiterated to him in Genesis chapter 26. If you're with me, there's just a few pages to flip on this one. Genesis chapter 26. He reiterates this to Isaac in 26 verse 4. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. His son. Sorry, that was Isaac. His son, Jacob, two chapters later in chapter 28, gets this reiterated to him. 28 verse 14. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Tells Abram in Genesis chapter 12, you will be a blessing. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. All people, in the na- all the nations will be blessed because of you. Goes down to his son Isaac. All people will be blessed because of your family. Goes down to Jacob. All peoples will be blessed because of you. God, the whole goal of God in all of Scripture is that people everywhere in the world, all the peoples, all the nations would come to know God. And everything is designed for that. I mean, you look in Deuteronomy, and even, even the, the law is meant for this. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting at verse 5, see, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, and I want you to hear why. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their God near them the way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him? Even, even the law, even the rules that God gave his people are meant so the nations could see and praise God. I mean, this is, I could go on, right? Joshua chapter 6, Joshua and the wall of Jericho. We all know this story. This is one of my favorite stories in scripture of Joshua. Joshua has this, they're going in to take the promised land and they get to Jericho and, and, God, and Joshua is the commander of this great army who has been preparing for war, preparing to go in and take the promised land and he gets to, to Jericho and God gives him the battle plan. And, and I love this imagery because these, these, these warriors, these people who are ready for war, God says, here's the battle plan. I want you to, to get the musicians. And I want you to walk around the city, and I want you to blow your trumpets. And then on one day, I want you to yell really loud and blow your trumpets really loud, and, and the walls will come down and you will take it. It, it just sounds like such a silly plan. I mean, no offense to the musicians, right? But it sounds like a silly plan. But at the end, who gets the glory? It wasn't the people that yelled really loud and the walls came down. 
What were the people saying? This could only be God. Only God could have done this. Only our God could have done this. You look in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go into the fiery furnace. They're strong for God. They go into the fiery furnace, and, and, and they come out without even a drop of sweat on their brows. And what happens next? The king who threw them in there says, Surely their God is the only true God. The pagan king who throws them in for praying God gets the glory. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you can think of that as a blessing going into the fire, but what what happens is God gets the glory. Three chapters later, Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den for, for keeping on doing what he's doing. And at the end, the king says, surely this must be the God. Surely the God of Daniel is the one true God. Who gets the glory in all of this? God gets the glory in all of this. And this is all all throughout Scripture. Why was King Solomon so wise? So that God would get the glory. There's a story in 1 Kings, if you want to go there with me. 1 Kings chapter 10, starting at verse 1. And he, he meets the Queen of Sheba here. When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, the the camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and all the wisdom and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. And here's the next word. that this, This pagan queen comes in and says, Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. Why was Solomon so wise? So that God would get the glory. The whole point of this book is that God gets the glory. This is all for God. The the whole point of all of this is that we might go, that God blesses his people so that all the people might come to be known by God and to know God. This is the whole point. It continues in the Psalms. Psalm 23, you lead me by still waters. You restore my soul. You lead me by paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. You read that all throughout the Psalms and all throughout Isaiah. And there's a, there's a passage in Ezekiel that I think is really telling as we, as we move on here. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22. Therefore say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things. But for the sake of my holy name, which you profaned among the nations where you've gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. 
He literally tells the people of Israel, hey, all this stuff that I'm doing, I'm blessing you, all these things that I'm doing in your midst, this is not for you. This is for my name. This is so that my name would be known throughout the nations. This is so the nations would come to know me and to praise me. This is, this is it. And it's not just an Old Testament thing. You get to Matthew 25, and he sends the disciples out, and he sends them where? To, to all nations. Mark chapter 16, go into all the world, preaching the gospel to all creation. You get to Acts, you will be my witnesses in Samaria and to Judea and to the very ends of the earth. Right, Second Peter, God does not wish that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's the point of all of this, is that everyone would come to know God. We have been blessed because we, are, we have been blessed to be a blessing. God wants the nations to know about him. He wants the nations to, to be blessed by him and to come and to know him. And this is, this is the truth of Scripture, that God wants his glory known throughout the world. And he blesses his people so that that can happen. There's a danger, though. I think it's a pretty, pretty big danger, to be honest. And honestly, it applies to anyone and everyone who's ever been blessed. You've been blessed by the grace and the peace of God. Spiritual blessing, material blessing, this, this is a danger for you because we are prone to disconnect the blessing of God from the purpose of God. We are prone to disconnect God's blessing in our lives from his purpose for our lives. And it's not, it's not a, I mean, our hearts, our hearts really resonate with grace. Right, but the grace that we love to talk about and that we love to, to think about is a grace that's centered around us. And a grace that is, that is definitely, it's, it's worth our attention, but it's, if it's disconnected from the purpose, the, the result is a self-centered rather than Christ-centered life. It's a self-centered faith rather than a Christ-centered faith. And the gospel, the message of Christ, is not simply that God loves me. The gospel and the message of Christ is not simply that God loves you. We're missing two very big words in this. The message in the gospel of Christ is that God loves me and you so that. So that the world may know. So that the nations would come to know him. So that. God is the end goal. God has to be the end goal. If we're in this Christian life simply for the blessings that we feel like we receive, we're in it for the wrong reasons. There was a quote that I read, and uh, someone was just asking the question, if you could have heaven with all of the things that Scripture promises, streets of gold and mansions and all kinds of different things, if you could have heaven and all that it entails, but Jesus wouldn't be there, would you still want to go? See, the point of our faith is not all the stuff. It's not the material blessing. It's not, it's not about the blessing at all. It's about God. God is the end goal. God has blessed us for the sake of his praise among all people. 
So knowing that, where do we go? What does that mean for us as we go here? With this understanding that, that as we pray for blessing, God, God blesses us so that we might be a blessing. God blesses us so that all nations might, might know this God that we serve. How, how do we move forward knowing that? What does this mean for us as we go? And I think, first of all, a couple things. First of all, this prayer needs to always be on our lips. God, how can I be a blessing? With the understanding that we have been blessed to be a blessing. That we have been blessed so that the world might know. We need to be in this prayer. God, how today, how can I be a blessing? How can I be used by you for your glory? How can I bring your glory to the nations today? This prayer needs to always be on our lips. And I think the second thing is this, this purpose has to just captivate our lives. If the whole point of Scripture and the whole point of the Gospel is that all people would come to know God, then that has to be our purpose as well. That has to be our life's mission, that all people would come to know the same God that we have come to know. I read a quote this week, and I want to just read it for you says this, if God blesses his people for the sake of the nations, then God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. If God wants his goods to get to the nation, then he'll fill the truck that's driving towards the nations. He will bless the church that's pouring itself out for the unreached peoples of the world. And this, this is not payment for services rendered, it is power and joy for a mission to accomplish. We are not earning God's blessing. We are leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. Now what a beautiful picture. That as our life, as our purpose is to reach the nations, as our purpose is to, to make God's glory known to the nations, that, that we're, not just, we're not earning God's blessings as payment because we've been doing good things. We are, we are, as he says, leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. And we have been blessed. We have been beyond blessed in our lives. Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May all the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And this is, this is our prayer this morning. May God bless us so that the world may come to know the blessing of God. But the world may come to know the same God that we have come to know and to love and to serve. We are blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning.
We give you praise. We give you thanks, God. And we, we are so blessed. God, even just being able to sit in this place right now and to open up your word in the air conditioning is a blessing that many people in the world don't even get to see. God, we are blessed. God, may we not fall into the trap of, of disconnecting the blessing from the purpose. May we realize that we are blessed to bless others, that we are blessed so that the world might know.